All the colors of the rainbow are coming together on Gay Weekly Roundtable today to talk to you. Join us, won't you? You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Oh, so much. It hit me right in the feels immediately. Oh, guys, welcome to another gorgeous episode of Gay Weekly Roundtable. With Barry Manilow, coincidentally playing in the background. <laughs> we are your hosts. I'm Adam Salandra. You can find me all over social media, but mostly Instagram at Adam Salandra. <laughs> I'm Yell Teagle. I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y A E L T Y G I E L. And I'm live in the chat. Hello, John, and dog awesomeness. Hello. Talk to us. <laughs> and I am Blake McIver. You can find me across the social medias at Blake McIver. And we have a very special guest today that I'm very excited to introduce to you. Actor, producer, extraordinaire, and also my boyfriend. Oh, wow. World exclusive. Oh. Hi. <laughs> After Buzz exclusive, ladies oh, and gentlemen, <laughs> Emerson Collins. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. Now, guys, that is very exciting. That's a, a little kind of an exclusive, even though it's not if you're yeah. true fans of you both. And People's Couch co-stars. Yes. Correct. Yes. I mean, I'm true. sure the list goes on. And, things and on and on and on. we'll talk about you soon. <laughs> <laughs> we'll really we'll get, get to know. To, we'll get to him. We almost him. got to really get to know you if we chose the more exciting clip from your film. But <laughs> You're welcome. We'll talk about it, kids. We'll talk about it. But first, the news. The, the gay news. news. Since we're hearing Barry, let's just jump We should start it. there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so if in case you missed it, for the second time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Barry Manilow came out publicly um, in a lovely People magazine spread of his gorgeous Palm Springs home and his husband Gary, who's his manager. Um, but the backlash mm. that ensued from mostly gay people, the eye rolling, the we knew, the why is this news, blah, blah, blah. When he got married in 2014 to his partner Gary, um, the, the tabloids leaked the story. He didn't make a statement. And I believe Suzanne Summers said it on Watch What Happened. She did. <laughs> oh, Suzanne. Bless her. Five masters of news. She was there. Um, <laughs> so she, she had to let him know. She had to tell Andy, apparently. <laughs> um, no, but, you know, it's it's an interesting thing. And I do like talking about this because um, I was a person, and I actually tweeted this yesterday, I was a person that got a lot of eye rolls when I came out. Mm-hmm. Like, you were singing and dancing and, you know, prissing around on television since you were six years old. So, like, why is that news? But everybody has a journey. Everyone should have the right to make their own statement in their own time, talk about it how they want to, when they want to. And I kind of love that Barry did this, like, really beautiful spread and this very affirming story and so what if it took him a few years since He's the wedding? 70 something? Three, 73. It's mm-hmm. a little different than the generation we're living in now, first of all, if Absolutely. you can't figure that out. <laughs> but beyond that, why can't there be like a congratulations or like, a, I get if you're like kikiing with your friends alone and you want to make a joke and mm-hmm. I roll your eyes fine, but like there were that was what all the comments were under the stories, all the tweets and it's like why are we the ones putting that out into the world? Meaning the gays. I've always been of the opinion that from the coming out moment, to me, everyone gets a clean slate. Uh-huh. I think yes, because I that. we don't know each person's journey and I think it is not productive to do the should have, could have, would have back when. And, you know, So whether it's Anderson Cooper or Jodie uh-huh. Foster or Colton Haynes or whoever, uh-huh. for me, it makes the most sense to wipe the slate clean at that point and say, great, what do you do from there forward? Because the personal journey beforehand, none of us were a part of. And 
I think it's great to continuously applaud people that were first, that came out early, that came out yeah. when it was hard, that sure. came out when it was dangerous. But I don't think judging people for, quote, waiting too long does anything for them, for our community, for our rights process. So I just find it a waste of time and energy. Well, also, it makes us all look petty. Well, right. I absolutely love that. That clean slate. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, I, I do too. So I never thought great. of that, but I... Agree, and then we'll start judging you from there, and we will. Right, right. Yeah. and what do you do? How do you use your platform yes. from mm-hmm. there forward? Do you get involved? Was it simply a magazine cover? Mm-hmm. You know, he has a huge opportunity, and I look forward. You know, hopefully he'll be at galas and performing for things. You know, there's so many opportunities totally. with the platform he has, and I think that's the thing to look forward to. And also, unless you're 15 years old right now or younger, it was likely some kind of not that kids don't have a struggle in certain parts of the country, but it's easier for them. But for even people just a little bit older, and then all the way up there was some struggle involved surely in your life if not congratulations but like how can you not at least feel for that he had to be in the closet for 73 years yeah like it's Mm -hmm. not really ideal i would assume well and his fan base is primarily heterosexual females right it has been his entire career right so i can understand the fear i can understand those moments in the 70s and the 80s where it's like what do I say? What do I, how do I... It must have been horrible. It had to have been terrible. Yeah. But also, there have been so many musicians that we all were like, well, duh, but we never were this cruel to them. You know what I mean? Like, when Lance Bass came out, everyone went, well, duh, but no one was like, how could you keep it such a secret? Right. I mean, I feel like we've been pretty harsh to most of the last, like, several year rounds, like Lance and Colton, and like, even Anderson and Jody. I do feel like there is an element of where activists overlap with entertainers, there's, I think it's sometimes hard for people on the activist side to understand the journey of entertainers who also often act as activists, where it is about your career and your artistry, and certainly many have stood up and been willing to sacrifice opportunity to make a statement, and that should be applauded, but I think demanding that every entertainer always inherently be an activist, they are different career and life paths. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they often overlap, and I think the best of our community represent that overlap, but I don't think it's always fair to demand that everyone devote as much time to activism as some of the rest of us may. Mm-hmm. Right, or to do it in different ways, maybe not the way that you Correct. expect it to be done, but what fits your own personal self and brand. I was gonna, oh, do you think so? You think activists are making the jokes, or they're the ones judgmental no, about? I, I think the community. Funny enough, I don't think it's activists who tend to make the jokes. I yeah. think they tend to be the ones who most frustratedly call out people who live in glass closets. I feel like that that's a fair mm-hmm. uh, yes. criticism, but I think sometimes there's a lack of understanding there. No, I think the jokes tend to just be from petty. Right, right. You know, it, I, and I have it. Many of us, it's the adolescent sure. mechanism we created. I was a skinny kid with glasses and braces growing up in suburban Houston, Texas. Like my sardonic near-the-line sense of humor comes from that defense mechanism. And sometimes we don't remember to make sure that our targets are are worthy. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Because we're known for that kind of wit in the gay community, and I enjoy that. I mean, it's it's funny and fun. But yeah, we... It just goes back to the bigger picture of we eat our own a lot. Are we... How do you say it? We eat our own. We eat eat ourselves a lot. Um, (laughs) And it's a... It's a bummer. Well, and I have not to like harp soapbox, Mm -hmm. but I have one other thing. The idea of like we always knew, 
I hate that sentiment because essentially you're trafficking in a stereotype of perceived behavior, mm-hmm. affinity, mm-hmm. or interests. And I care about that for young LGBTQ kids, but I also care about it for young straight boys who happen to be interested in the arts, who might, yeah. you know, walk smoothly, who might have an interest in dance, who might have an articulate love of literature, things that might be stereotypically mm-hmm. portrayed as being associated with the queer community. If we assume that someone that behaves that way must be, we also deter straight boys right. from being willing to be feminism or camp. I like camp. the term walking smoothly. Yeah, I, I, I want to, well, I I want to do a demonstration. Like, I want to do a demonstrational <laughs> video on that, that light in the loafery concept <laughs> from the 50s. So I, lo- I knew what you meant, but I just started like <laughs> imagining myself just swishing off into sauntering the night. down the boulevard. But do you know what I mean? Oh, like, totally, it affects kids on I both sides. I think it's a Absolutely. brilliant point that, again, I didn't think of. You're very smart, Mr. Collins. Well, you know, I've made a lot of bad decisions in my life, and I like to think a lot about where my own issues have come from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, I you brought. I was against the anti-Barry talk, and now I, now you've given me even more reason to be. So thank you for that. Um, what else has happened this week? The Glad Awards. The Glad Awards. Uh, weren't we glad? I w- always am. Always Except glad. I wasn't there this year. Was last year. Don't know why. Um, oh. I oh. actually was just told before we started that AfterBuzz uh, TV was there, mm-hmm. and that there are some great interviews up on AfterBuzz TV's YouTube channel. Last so week's um, guest, yeah, Jay last Ellis, guest was was there. Was the one the right. carpet coverage. So go check <laughs> so those go out. Check out Jay's videos. Yeah. Yes. Um, but I want to list off some winners. Please Yay. do. Um, Patricia Arquette won the Vanguard Award and talked about Alexis, which I think is so important because mm-hmm. I feel like Alexis gets so forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um. And Moonlight won Outstanding Film in the wide release. Bravo. You were just We're laughing me. because there was only two nominees in that category. And also, can you imagine how awkward it would have been if it had lost the GLAAD award after winning the Oscar? <laughs> I think it would to have been amazing. But no also, offense, I'm a Trek. Trekkie and I'm so tortured. Oh, see, I don't know. Oh, okay. You'll be okay. fine. I mean, we'll get through it. It's just funny that they're <laughs> even in the same category for something, but I've heard actually those films are very good. I just haven't seen Wait, them. I just have to ask a question. <laughs> they're great. Uh, don't ask it, don't ask Has it. Has Adam seen Moonlight yet? Actually, no. I've been watching. Wa- <laughs> no. I feel, no. literally, I got hot and it was because of Emerson and I looked and I was like, confirmed, this is a nightmare. And Emerson knows, but I haven't seen Moonlight. Still, Still. we've been this is better that is not acceptable I know we know it's just that I know everything that happens and I've seen so many clips and I get really bored of Nancy and films nope Oh, that—that that is the thing that will tip me over the yeah. edge. I think. At some <laughs> Have point. you binge watched any television since Moonlight came out? I don't binge. I can't binge watch. I so you haven't TV. watched any two episodes in a row. That's not a binge. I know, but it's the length of a movie. Is my point? <laughs> not two in a row. No, but those commercials, you fast yeah. forward. Boy. No, no, there oh. is no excuse. I know, and let's, I don't know why I haven't lied weeks ago and said I watched <laughs> you it. Just I'm lied. Still, I'm you should have. He's so honest. Moving. Oh, I'm too uh, honest. Anyway, anyway. yeah. Um, continue. Yeah. So, outstanding comedy series, Transparent on Amazon. Wonderful. What a shocker. Um, uh, I know, but their speech... Oh, it's not... It didn't air yet. I, I saw a few speeches because uh, it, it's on Logo tonight. Tonight. Mm. And um, it's good. Transparent speech is very... Is. They always are. Always, That's why they, like, they win. <laughs> I, exactly, but... Mm. I liked it. Oh, yeah. oh with a shimmy <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Um, and Outstanding Drama Series went to Shadowhunters on Freeform. I don't know if nice. you're watching this show. I, um, I do like that couple together. That they're, they're so cute. It's um, it's Harry Shem Jr. and... Daddario? Daddario. Uh, Matthew Daddario? Uh-huh, I think so. Um, and he one's a Shadowhunter and one's a... Um, 
a, a, warlock? a, a warlock. I was like, not a witch, a warlock. And it's so magical <laughs> to see them together. Literally magical. Yes. <laughs> literally, literally, a magical years old, I believe. Yeah, and he's had 17,000 partners, and the other one was a virgin. It was really adorable. <laughs> well, wow, I feel so much better about my number <laughs> now. <laughs> I feel worse like, about oh, mine. Like, I need to catch up. Uh, I think I just got re-virginated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, personally, I wish that... Um, that the ship from Supergirl would have won because it's too hot, ladies. Mm-hmm. Mm. Ooh, it's Kyler Lee and I don't know the other lady's name, but they are hot together. <clears throat> but you know what? For me, there's so it's n- I don't know how to say this the wrong way, but there's so many. There's more opportunities, I think, for two females to be in a sci-fi show because the straight males are okay with it. So when it's two males in that type of show, so I appreciate that. I'm going to disagree completely. I don't want to tell you so please do. As, we have a disagreement. Yes. And it's going to get violent. The, I love it. The um, resident sci-fi con going. Tr- tr- absolutely. I'm here with you. Yeah, for this. you both can I'm tell here me. with you. As the nerd, um, incorrect. <laughs> Very much incorrect. Um, in genre shows, specifically sci-fi uh-huh. and fantasy, there's always an amazing opportunity, and most every show takes advantage of this like suspense of, uh, suspension of disbelief that you can have any type of relationship. As you know, my favorite character that I relate to most mm-hmm. is Captain Jack Harkness. Uh. <laughs> now you understand. Me Did he tell you our John Barrowman oh, no, story? We have to tell, yes, have to tell you. I've heard oh. the story. Yeah, <laughs> it's very exciting. Sorry, audience, but. We all so, have stories secret. like that. Anyone who's oh. met him has a very similar story. <laughs> um, so he is a character who is omnisexual and yeah. does not care what species you are. And the the genre shows are are open and welcoming to any character on any part of any spectrum. Oh, I love that. Um, so excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> well, <laughs> Shadowhunters won, but. Yes. Anyone could have. Yes. I actually do love that. I mean, genuinely love that. But um, uh, I feel like... Also, sorry, yeah, no, Outstanding no. Individual episode was San Junipero from Black oh, Mirror. Like, yes. fantastic. Yes. Which I uh, was told to watch, and it was the first Black Mirror episode I ever saw. Oh, which, stop there. Yeah, because it's the only oh, happy it's one. It's the only happy one. And uh, at that <laughs> point... I then started from the beginning and did not realize it was a British show. Yeah. Ooh, and then that first episode. Oh, and that first <laughs> one. Oh, Lord. You yes. had you had a shock. I did. <laughs> How mm. exciting. Um, so those are some of the winners. Love yeah. Watch the rest of it tonight so you can see who won. Yeah. On Logo. On Logo. Yes. How low can you go, as Very Ross good. said. I was like, what is that? But that was Ross <laughs> about the person we never heard from again, that by the person, way, have we? That person who shall not... Ever be mentioned. Yes, I love that. Okay. okay, speaking of that was a feud we're talking about, and oh. speaking of another oh. one, <laughs> there was one this week between Bianca Del Rio oh. and Candace Cameron Bure, because why wouldn't there be As there should those be. two coming as there truly should be. You mean my former castmate? I thought Candace about that Cam- later. Oh. I was like, Ooh, I can't wait to get the tea on this from a true friend. <laughs> a true Although friend. well, I'll tell you what I want to ask you about that later. Well, but here's what it is for us. Yeah, yeah. She wore a shirt. She's, if you don't know, first of all, if you really don't know, she's from Full House originally, DJ Tanner. She is a Republican Christian, and she put on Instagram a shirt that said, Not today, Satan. If you <laughs> don't know Drag Race and you're watching this, wow. <laughs> Why but are you also, watching? But, also, but it could be true. Um, but it's um, Bianca Del Rio's slogan, catchphrase, name of her show. She puts out. So, I mean, did she coin the phrase? Certainly not. But. It's known for her now, if you know her. So, Bianca reposted the photo with the caption, like, if this Republican homophobe only knew. 
So all the little mm. troll fans, though, Bianca went straight to Cameron's page and were being nasty. And dragged they, her and, gram. And, 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 yes. <laughs> grabbed that all of the and just pulled, 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 pulled. So Candace came onto Bianca's page and wrote a comment that I, from what I heard, I guess she then said, like, accused Bianca of deleting it. So Bianca then posted it as a photo, which I have it. So let's read. Oh, yes. yes. Story time with Adam Slander. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> uh, why? This is what she says. Why do you have to be nasty to me? You don't know me or my heart. I'm not homophobic and always sad when people think otherwise. Loving Jesus doesn't mean I hate gay people or anyone. You sent a bunch of hateful people to my page writing horrible things. I hope next time you'll spread love and kindness, even when you disagree with people. Sending you love and wish you all the best. Truly, Candace. <laughs> um, all the best. Yes, but only truly. <laughs> like, is that truthful? <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, of course, because people are awful on all sides, uh, especially this side, uh, her followers then came for Bianca. Of and, course. Uh, and so Good luck. It was just a, yeah. exactly. Good it was, that was a waste of time. Luck. But a battle of the trolls. But let's discuss what you think about this incident. The first thing that I'm excited <laughs> yes. about is that it's an Instagram feud. It's not a Twitter feud. Same. We have graduated. Because that's... <laughs> I, I appreciate I that too. I love an Instagram feed I just, because that's there's no I character limit. Exactly, uh, you can spew all that you want to say. I absolutely True, agree. You don't have to read through. You can just keep. I was, ga, 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 I was ga, ga. checking the um, Alec Baldwin um, and uh, the guy behind Minnie's first time, which is a great movie that everyone should see. Um, <laughs> I, I was trying to read it, and I went, "I'm I'm confused with what Twitter is doing now. I don't know where I am." So I'm very excited that we're on Instagram. I mean, love that we're we're doing things. First thing, uh-huh. Candace, bless her. And I do mean that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, truthfully. Yeah. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> I that, do wish not her the, all uh, the best. Yeah. Um, it, here's the thing. like, I really do believe she is not as as far into the what we would call evangelical, like, crazy as her brother. Her brother. Her, her brother. <laughs> Nobody but is. That's right. not, that's <laughs> really, exactly, is. but that's not saying much, right? Yeah. So, that, so to, to act confused, like, I don't understand why people call me a homophobe. Well, then have a better track record. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and is that the or case? Or make a statement. Because all I know f- about her when it comes to this is that she defended the bakers that but I'm Correct. sure there's more. But like, it's my, like, there's a great example of how to do it the right way, how to say, I'm a Christian, I love Jesus, I also love gay people, and I'm not anti Sure, I know, I rights. know those people. Her name is Kristen Chenoweth. Look it up, just copy-paste. Like, she did it. Mm. Carrie but, Underwood also did the same thing. Yeah. Like, you can do it. You yeah. can love Jesus, be a Christian, not fight against but my rights. But it has rights. to be real. And that's my new philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen Chenoweth, you're a good man, Charlie Brown. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that reference. Yeah, really nice. Well, and there's another piece. You know, there is the, the big fight she got into with Brave and Simone about the bakery where right. she said it was well it's about first amendment religious freedom which we all know is just subtext for I don't like LGBTQ people mm-hmm. discrimination um, and she said it was for freedom of association which is great because if you continue that along then you can just not sell to whatever group of people you don't like you know like the lunch counters and things <laughs> and then the second piece of it is the interview that she did with Danny Pintaro when he uh-huh. was doing the circuit talking about his oh, HIV positive diagnosis she spent a lot of that interview really trying to get him to talk about how it was his fault yes you I know, forgot which, about which that. when you talk about HIV positive people that like blaming aspect mm-hmm. should not be the priority education and understanding and destigmatizing right. of course is what we work toward so you put those two things together and like I don't really buy you're like I just love people in Jesus and whatever makes you happy yeah but I, that's what I'm saying about track record like, yeah you have a better track record right, right I have a feeling that it's one of those I love Jesus and Jesus says I should love people especially the sinners that I need to save type of thing right which is not the same not thing for me, not for as me. I love people <laughs> Right. And she Correct. said, like, when they asked maybe if they would explore it on Fuller House, 
I forget her exact answer, but basically she was like, I'm open to exploring all of today's issues. Like, it was like, yeah, what's, it was like very... if they did an AIDS episode and the Golden Girl, well, even that, of course, was revered and wonderful, but right. um, Correct. I can't think of an example, but you know, an issue. It's been an a, issue. yeah. Well, and you know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna put it out there because this is our show. Please do. Um, it, it's, uh, there's definitely a weirdness about, like, because I've, I've been very vocal about my availability for involvement as a storyline on Full House, which would be absolutely an opportunity for Derek to have a sexuality as an adult. Right. Which we could all reread for sure the episodes and say this is probably a child that will turn out gay. As many um, people came and so there, there was a you. lovely opportunity there. Dot dot dot. Huh. But but do you blame do you blame um Ms. Bure or I don't, the Olsen? I don't at all. I don't. I don't blame either. You we need know, Michelle in there to really. I, like, I disagree. I don't. I think don't blame either oh, of them. I don't think so either. I'd like to see you star in the show, but right, I'm just but saying. The, that. But the way the show is, you don't need her to be there for him to. Everyone's coming back. You and still know people he, from your childhood. Yeah, they're still. Right. He's still in San Francisco. And right. everyone and he's knows probably oh, still yeah, dancing. He is. I can't post a photo of you or video or this without people like still knowing. And obviously you grew up has it been over twenty years? Yeah, over. Oh it's so it's well, like well over. I mean, so you were a staple <laughs> she tied. of the show. Anyway, that's because the she's point. DJ Tanner, I always like she just seems like pretty and nice to me. Pretty and she is like pretty that energy. And nice. that she energy. is pretty <clears throat> and nice. Yeah. Those things so it like are bums true. me out when I hear yeah. this. But it, but it is what it is. I have to be on Bianca's side slash Obvious. my communities. I mean, well, and also she's terrified. Yeah. So, like, yeah. so all always on Bianca's side. Always on Bianca's side. And oh, also correct. have all of the queens to come for. Which of course she has Honey. no idea. But she has oh, no idea. She but like, did. like you like you come after a nice queen if you're gonna come like come after <laughs> Jinx Monsoon and she'll be like, Oh sweetie. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, like she you know? came after the queen of meme. Literally the Worst option. I feel and like the <laughs> most revered of all. And the most famous, so it became even more news yes. because people outside of the community know her. I feel like there will be 10 minutes on Fuller House and Candace Cameron and Bianca's next tour. Like, <laughs> welcome to the show, oh, DJ Tanley. Oh my god, I love that. I do love that. Oh. Uh, one more drag wa- waste snippet. <laughs> drag waste. Gia Gunn, an also contestant from season six, who, quite frankly, I loved, came out mm-hmm. as transgender huh? on Trans Visibility Day. How did I miss that? I'm, I love Gia I'm Gunn. shocked that I'm breaking this news to you, and I'm very happy. But uh, she just casually posted a video of it uh, on Instagram, because it was Friday that was Trans Visibility Day. And, I mean, she she said that she started transitioning last year, mm-hmm. and she was serving... Uh, are you allowed to say... Is Fish um, controversial now? We'll because just say I've heard tilapia, because she uses Exactly, that exactly. Fresh, t- Fresh She looks good. Tilapia. That's just what I'm trying to I say. I feel like if you're using it in the lingo that she chooses yes. to use, that then it is you're not right, a referendum right. she has said on it, all but of... But she wasn't... Either way, she was beautiful. Let's, let's just say that. Yes. Um, but anyway, I think that's amazing. I think it's so interesting to see, after the show, what mm-hmm. Drag Race girls are trans, and we're obviously struggling with that, but yeah. in silence, uh, during... And, of course, we know we have our first trans openly contestant this year, but it hasn't been discussed yet. I'm very excited. To I think it will be. I was looking at a live, what, an Instagram live story video thing mm-hmm. uh, of, of Nina Bonina Brown. Mm. And when I popped on, she was talking about how she doesn't think it's right for cis or trans women to to consider them true drag queens because it's not fair. Ooh, Which that's it, problematic. It, problematic, but also I'm like, okay, so that's hopefully going to be talked about on the show because mm-hmm. as long as she's still there. So I'll be, I want that to be a conversation on the show because I'm sure a lot of people watching feel that way and I think it needs to Maybe. be discussed. Yeah. yeah, I think it's an interesting conversation to have. Especially, totally. I mean, if you have a competition and you have rules, 
I think that it's an interesting right. if you're going to set some rules, discuss them. You know, because like Tyra just got rid of the age rule on her America's Next Top Model thing. Right. Yeah. So if we're going to have rules, let's talk about it. On the dra- on the AfterBuzz Drag Race podcast, mm-hmm. uh, Jackie, who's one of the hosts, thinks that if they open up to to trans women, then it should be open up to cis women who want to do dra- uh, drag king things. But mm. I feel like that. That's a different show. It's, it would be a different show, but yes, let's do that show. Yeah. Um, but I would think that would be a different show as well. So I, you, there's an argument for all sides. Mm-hmm. Certainly, but it also becomes interesting when it's like we, the line doesn't have to move like all, like you don't have to say just because you do one thing, therefore you have to do everything else. Right. Like it is a show being produced for mm-hmm. entertainment value and you do get to people do I forget. don't think we have to take like the rules of while it is incredible for the visibility, <laughs> like that it doesn't represent every aspect of entertainment, drag, tra- you know, it, it doesn't have to cover every totally. base yeah. and not to in mention, one show. I think that they, even in the beginning when it was just gay people watching, uh, I, you know, Rue said that she wanted to slowly, like she wouldn't bring on someone like Sharon Needles on the first few seasons because slowly you introduce new types of drag. Right. Uh, so I think that's just what's happening here. Um, when I, when the first, who was the first one to say they were trans while on the show? Monica, Monica Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills. When I first yeah. heard it, and I'll, I'll be honest, I was much more ignorant about trans uh, community than I am now, and I didn't get it, uh, but I took the time to look it up and figure it out, you know, and understand, but, um, that, oh, now I forgot what my point was going to be. Anyway, they're slowly introducing these things to us. Well, it's done a lot for, despite the conflict that often occurs at the intersection of drag and trans, it's done a lot as a cis, white, gay, male, a lot of my understanding of the trans community and rights and issues, my journey on education started as a result of the big flap with Drag Race several years ago. It made me sort of realize wow, I know that that's a part of our community but how much I didn't really know and understand about the experience, the struggles, the the rights Beyond so much. And forced myself to do it. But that was, you know, as a grown man acknowledging, I don't know a lot here. So there is still a lot of education that happens even out of the frustration, I think with some of this. So Mr. Henry in the chat says isn't drag performance art and therefore the gender of the performance isn't that important? That's how Thoughts? I feel and, about it's, drag And I think it's becoming that even more. As there was a there was a time, uh, speaking just in the drag race bubble, because obviously there's different drag all over the country and world, but right. that it was very all about, oh, let's be a very fishy queen. Otherwise, you're a comedy queen, and those are two different things. But now it's just more gender bending, I think. I think we'll see that from Sasha Velour this season. Um, and there's just open to more interpretation. And I think... It was Nina, or maybe I was hearing it on the Afterbus show, but they're saying, like, well, it's not like if you have real boobs, it, it's not fair, but it's like, up your game, girl. You got to get, you need to look, you need to be doing a good job to be on the show anyway. Well, yeah, and whether you're shading or using a chess piece or have boobs, right? What, like, is a skinny queen going like, to yell well, at you? Eureka look great for, in the outfit. Did you, did you meet the challenge? Right. Did you, sometimes you they know, don't wear boobs are at you all. Snatched mm. for the gods. And that's been a know? thing in the different pageant systems, like, what amount of surgeries you can have. Like, and I think, it's interesting when people really want to limit drag to a specific thing for other people. Yeah. You know, it's great to say that this is what it means to me. There's, right. there's an aspect of drag that was specifically about men, you know, with feminine tendencies or interests or behaviors celebrating and arching that. That's one kind of aspect of how we got to drag. Another kind is celebrating femininity. Another thing is over and mo- mocking and, and letting it be what it is to different people, sure. And then the producers of the show get to decide what they want to make their show about. Right, which Indeed. a lot of the children don't seem to understand 
understand that. <laughs> it's but, a television but, show. I mean, I feel like idiots. we can all say what we want, and Rue's going to do what she wants. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. we still like the show, so I think that's working out just fine yeah. so far. I just want to say, as the one with the boobs, yeah, yeah. yes, you absolutely have an advantage having boobs. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just in life. But not everyone yeah. has boobs as glorious as yours. True. I know, so. thank you. And your boob privilege. Yeah. Check exactly. your boob. Oh, I'm aware. Some of us, <laughs> And she was just making sure we were all aware. Yeah, I want to make sure you're all aware. <laughs> and quite of frankly, we are. So Thank great. You. Um, speaking of trans issues, yes. Um, so there is a film that I really hope everyone's heard of called Three Generations mm-hmm. that was supposed to come out in 2015. Still on oh, its I didn't way know that. out. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I've been waiting for this movie for years. Like Barry Manilow, it's just taking a while. To come <laughs> out. You know, sometimes it's a journey. It's exactly. It's a callback. It's worth the wait. Worth the wait. Um, so it stars Elle Fanning as Ray, who I believe is a trans. Boy, um, Naomi Watts and Susan Sarin. It's about um, a child, a mom, and a grandma. Mm. Um, and this movie was given a rating of R for language, including some sexual references. Mm. <laughs> um, the MPAA has given a statement um, under the Classifications and Rating Administration's rules, the CARA. The Ratings Board and Board of Appeals uh, Appeals Board maintain confidentiality. Do not comment publicly about the process for movies under review. Any pil- filmmaker who objects to the given ratings can choose to go through the appeal process. So, um, the Weinstein Company, I believe, mm-hmm. is yes, the Weinstein Company is appealing this rating. Um, because there is no reason this movie should be rated R. Oh, so it, so it's it's a transphobic move right. to just there's no there's no content and it's Susan Sarandon made subject like, matter. Yeah, she made an amazing statement. Um, she said it's ridiculous to have an R rating, which would prevent the audience from seeing this film. Um, and then someone else said, as a mother and a filmmaker, I want to speak to kids, to parents, to grandparents everywhere in a common language of love and inclusion about subject matter that is not only real and complicated, but that is important and alive today. Um, there are kids all over this country that are still too fearful to speak out and to step out. They're too alone to fight, lacking the opportunity, uh, lacking the kind of support that would. Let them feel free to be themselves. Our story, our story wants to humanize the family experience, take the mystery out of the secret. I want the MPAA to reconsider the R rating and encourage children to see the story and feel connected. Nice. If if you are so ignorant to believe that be, just because a character is trans it should be rated R, even if, like, what about the news? Like, trans issues are constantly in the news, so, like, you can't your kids can't watch anything. Yeah, but right. But I Am Jazz doesn't have an R rating. Right. 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 It's on <laughs> TV. Um, yeah, but what kid watches the news? Well, what kid's going to this film? Even if it's PG. I think a kid would... Um, if a, if a parent takes them. Right. But that you can still do that with them. Can you do that with them? Yeah, with R I you can... Uh, yeah, so R means a parent can take you to it. I think the idea is that they want kids to be able to go and see it without, without their parents. Without their parents. Um, and In I case th- there's a trans oh, child yeah. in the well, closet that needs point. to hear this story. Right. And yeah. yeah, because you can't... You have to be, what, 17 to yeah, go... And yeah, and those parents would likely wouldn't be taking that. Yeah. That said, um, I don't know how strict movie theaters really are with these ratings. I, I only remember once in my life that I had to have an adult buy me a ticket to a movie and it was eight mile. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I mean Oh. I as a child, I don't want anyone to think that I was a child when that movie came sure. out. Just like five strolling in <laughs> to the eight mile. Gotta see M and M What were you gonna but, say? Oh, oh I, well, I think it's great to fight the ratings board. I think making yes. sure because it's a 
very opaque system and it is very hard to protest the rating once it's been applied. I think that's great. Although realistically, if you're talking about really wanting it to be available in our modern age of like streaming and downloadability, if if someone's looking for the opportunity to view it, at least fortunately what, with a release with that kind of star power, they'll certainly have access to yeah. it, if yeah. not theatrically. Yeah, it's more about, for me, like how dare. Yes, the principles absolutely we're fighting for. But yeah, I think that I, I think that's a great point. You will see it either way. If you want to. Um, if it comes out. I'm so sorry. I just feel like this needs to be mentioned. Okay, thank you. Um, we got a tweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, <clears throat> you go, Candace. That's what's wrong with the world today. Hashtag not today, Satan. I don't I think l- they're watching our show. I think they're literally... Uh, oh, just, comment, just commenting just, on the video. Just <laughs> saw like, that there was a video and then tweeted that. <laughs> Hang around. And I was like, I hope, I hope so not. So I want to give a shout out oh, to bless. Charlotte... Hello, Charlotte. Hey, Charlotte. <laughs> you know, yeah, bless your heart, How's your web? <laughs> we all tied up in it. Charlotte does sound like oh. the right name yeah. for that. Like, very uh-huh. peaceful, let's just say. I just think Sex in the City. Yeah, exactly. It's that Charlotte, then the one with the web. Yep. Like, that's the order. And me. they both yep. are on Team Candace. That just needed to be said. <sighs> all right. Um, now I... Oh, there's something else, though, that's yes. similar to gender. Yeah, well, it is oh, gender-related. Gender yeah. Yes, so... Um, Asia Kate Dillon is the name of this actor uh, on Billions. Um, I do not watch this show, but this character is a gender nonconforming character. And I believe that uh, Asia Kate Dillon is also gender nonconforming. Um, and was there, so the show is nominating Asia for an Emmy. Mm. And the question was which category does Asia go into? And after research, Asia reached out to the Emmy people. Television um, Academy. Yes, thank you. And <laughs> um, and asked for clarification as to what actor, the actor category versus the actress category means. And they responded. Um, the letter got an immediate response. And it, uh, the Academy supports anyone's choice to do, uh, to submit to any category for any reason and is not going to do any sort of checks. Huh? Um, and cool. so the Emmy rules for acting categories do not specific, specify gender for qualifications, simply saying um, for a continuing performance in a regular series. Awesome. It's amazing. Um, so Asia chose so to So the network can submit based on whatever they feel the character right. identifies or chooses to identify. Yes. In so what Asia category. is being nominated under actor. Actor. Because oh, sh- actor is a non-specific gender, whereas actress is. Mm, that's, I get Correct. that. And I think that this is step one or whatever step we may be on, where we're, there's going to be a push, I think, to get rid of the actor versus actress category. Absolutely. If, anyway, I don't know how far down that's going to be, but I feel like it will take that. forever, it's, though. I know, we Mainly might not be around. because <laughs> it means fewer categories with famous people accepting them. Right. Like, unless they figure out Which, a way to make multiple winners or multiple categories, because at every award show, you shit through all those non-famous people for regular people to watch mm-hmm. the famous people. Like, I think it's a great Which thing. Is wa- Do you no, understand no, my I, point? Yeah, yeah, like, it's simply that's like... That's even more why All of them happen, will though. wait. <laughs> oh, definitely. Right. Because it cuts but the But the MTV yeah. Movie categories. Awards are doing something new this year where they're adding TV as well. And they are, I think this is true, getting rid of... I don't even know if they have male or female categories. They but they're purposely doing... Um, just pitting random things together. Mm. Uh, Moonlight and This Is Us are like up against something for some for Kiss maybe or something. Um, oh. Anyway, so they're starting 
they're starting it. So they've it's always like, done yeah. creative categories right. so, in order yeah. to award more things right. without to specification. Either way, the award shows will always more be three famous hours people present. Least. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah. So anyway, I'm still working really through my anger issues that Viola Davis won a Best Supporting Actress oh, Oscar yes. for a Best Actress performance that she deserves. Actor, actress, best any gendered performance. Well, not to mention, I know you don't really want the best actress to win this year. Who did so? Like even more frustrating. So frustrating. I think the biggest issue though with getting rid of the categories is now you're having more people in each category. That's true, right? So like we're going to be putting instead of having actor, actress, we're going to have like twelve performer, twelve, and it's twelve supporting performance, and that's crazy. Yeah, they'll definitely have to figure some some things out. Mm And I'm well glad it's not my job. Get on it, yeah, but I'm ready for it. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. Love yeah. your hair. Love it. Yeah, yeah. For you, we'll have thoughts yeah. when you make a decision. <laughs> we'll be judging. <laughs> um, anyway, can you please share with us the story you were telling earlier about Denmark? Yes, uh, I loved the result of the story. It begins with a really tragic yeah. thing: a, two, a same-sex couple of two men uh, in the Netherlands uh, was assaulted dr- in, really intensely. One of them lost four of his teeth uh, oh, for holding oh. hands by an adult and a, what seemed to be five teenagers, uh, or who they are accusing. Uh, and in reaction to that, all across the Netherlands, pairs of men and groups of men are holding hands as a demonstration. Uh, one, I think, just about male affection, but also particularly same-sex uh, affection. So you've seen it everywhere from soccer clubs to the uh, Amsterdam police to their representatives at the UN. All these delightful videos of men just walking and holding hands, which is a really lovely national response to a specifically tragic hate crime. It's amazing. I love it. Because yeah. we're very aware that if there's anyone who's like, even if you accept gay people, there's like, oh, I can't be like touchy with a man because God forbid. So the fact that they are voluntarily doing this and people that in, um, not just like random people, but pol- like police, just people that are they're really putting themselves out there. I think that is amazing. And it's great because, you know, w- w- certainly ac- across the world, various cultures treat male affection very differently. Mm-hmm. Some that are virulently sure. homophobic cultures have very strong platonic <laughs> totally. male affection demonstrations. Yeah. Yes. And whereas we often have sort of a- against that, particularly in the southern part of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting to see such a g- display that's positive on every level, whether it's about same sex or just male affection. Like, it's a really lovely and apparently the two guys are doing okay and they have uh, they are working to charge the six individuals involved. Good. Get them. It reminds me of when Caitlyn came out, when Caitlyn Jenner came out and mm-hmm. men everywhere started wearing nail polish to support. I think that was really amazing and I think I want more of that. I want more men uh, doing things and going, I don't know why we're making a big deal out of this. Let's move forward. Yeah. That's what I want to see more of. Well, especially if, you know, there's such a thing if you're a straight white male... You have your it's all the privilege, mm-hmm. and but also known to be against all these other groups stereotypically. Mm-hmm. So it would be it's is all the more meaningful for them to step forward and do things like that. Absolutely. I think, but I don't need to see Trump and Pence holding hands no. long. <laughs> it's, it's holding I, hands out of the White House forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I would love to see that because I believe it happens. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. It's an old fact, oh everyone. Oh my god. That's amazing. Alt fact. <laughs> All right. Well listen. Ahem. It's time to focus on Emerson. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh goodness. All eyes on E in the center of the ring. Just like now a listen, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Now you're here. 
most specifically to promote a very sordid wedding. Yes. So we have a clip, but first, just tell us about it. For- uh, so the Cliff Notes version, my producing partner, the creator of Sorted Lives, mm-hmm. uh, wrote a play 20 years ago called Sorted Lives that became a film that we did as a TV series in 2008 uh, for Logo. And this film is the sequel to the original film. Set in 2015, it takes place five weeks after the marriage equality Supreme Court decision. And it's about what happens when marriage equality comes to a small Texas town that's not quite ready for it. I love that. Hence, comedy ensues. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and probably some drama, I would imagine. Yes. Now, but you play a, a bad boy. I do. Uh, my, I'm serving my best mask for mask performance um, as the bisexual serial killer who likes to have sex with dead people and has no testicles. Oh. It was written specifically for me. <laughs> Good, Type great. casting, Type cast. I believe is what you call that, right? When it's, ju- when so, it's just your real life yeah, story. Exactly. Yeah, so, um, no, Del did write this great, de- delicious and fascinating character and all of my scene work is with Leslie Jordan, Emmy winner. Which can't uh, be that. Comedic mm-hmm. genius. Uh, yeah. So it involved definitely bringing all that I have to bear to the table because uh, we're not showing this clip but I did realize as we watched the completed movie that the only moment in the movie where I managed to still focus from Leslie Jordan is when I put my butthole on camera. <laughs> so I'm sorry if that doesn't sell the film I, I honestly welcome. don't know what does. <laughs> However... It look you look. I, I was just telling them you look good, and you look good with all those tattoos, right? Yeah, and it is very. Ma- it's. A, let's take a look at the clip, and then we'll discuss. Roll it. <laughs> Roll that beautiful beam footage. Y'all remember that? Oh, you do look good with tattoos. <laughs> Should I? You famous? My precious, precious Tammy was famous. It was her blessing and her curse. I'm just a lost soul roaming the highways. Well, that's poetic. You know, I like the way you look. Rough. Rough trade. Rough trade. (laughs) (laughs) I'm genuinely obsessed with that. Like, I can't wait to see it now because... Literally, you too. I mean, I'm sure there's other p- people in the film. There are. We, 32 <laughs> actors in this movie. That's amazing. In our tiny little indie film uh, that we flew 24 of them to Canada to shoot for two weeks, and then we shot for three and a half days in Dallas with a special cameo from Blake McIver. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. A very scantily clad cameo. Oh, good. You both can you take it <laughs> yeah, all off. Yeah, we, turned, we <laughs> both took it all I love Mostly that. all off. I, I turned him into a product placement billboard in the movie, so you're welcome. Oh, okay, which I was fine with because it meant that no matter what, I could not be cut out of the movie. So even if I Correct. was terrible, there are two brands represented on my person <laughs> that have to contractually be in the film. So. It's true. You guys are good at selling it's a movie. True. Now I'm doubly like, must take notes? <laughs> um, but on the serious side, I mean, it stars Bonnie Bedelia and Caroline Ray and Dale Dickey, who won the Independent Spirit Award for Winner's Bone, and many of the original cast members from the first Sorted Lives movie, and Whoopi Goldberg did a cameo in the film, which was an an uh, extraordinarily exciting thing. She loved yes. Dell's writing and his work, and she drove her bus 27 hours from New York after shooting The View on a Thursday to arrive at us in Winnipeg on a Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock, shoot for five hours, get on her bus, and drive back home. Because she really believed in the message of this movie. amazing. But wait, why? Did she drive the bus or not fly? She doesn't fly. She doesn't oh. fly. And that's her story. Oh, so it's extra, mate. Like, she was... Lo- oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like she and her team and her production company, like, her, her guy really, really worked hard to help us work this out. It's amazing. But it's how you make an indie 
film with a bunch of geniuses involved. Yeah. It's the Dells tells really important stories through comedy because we're the first film to address post marriage equality backlash. Yeah. It, the bigots in the film are hosting an anti equality rally at the church, which is a little ridiculously named, but the reality of what happened. It's it only a name. Yes, it, only a name because the word they talk about no f- cakes, no flowers, no photos for the gays. They s- get yep. up and preach the sermon, and Bonnie Bedelia gets up and uh, and speaks in response of her slow journey as a mother to coming around to support not only supporting but actively uh, pushing and speaking on behalf of her gay son and that journey and and it talks about affirming churches as well so it's not purely like bashing all bigots it's not about Christians are the problem it's about dogmatic conservatives for whom the letter of the law is more important than the people involved those people we have a not kind things to say to I hope Candace watches I do too and I'm sure she will I actually do I will it's better that than Kurt Cameron be. saving Christmas it's definitely better than that <laughs> well now we all have our opinions um, what I want to know is there is a huge fan base from the first film in the yes. series like what can the fans expect to see that they'll be wanting to. Well, it's really funny. I didn't think so much about, you know, that there are fans who far precede my time with Dell uh-huh. in making his work, and I didn't think about how much when you have a fan base that that's rabid. The original movie sold 300,000 DVDs and for an indie film. Same. It played for two years at a movie theater in Palm Springs. It played for a year at a theater in Dallas and in Fort Lauderdale. Like, there's this crazy, particularly across the South, uh, fan base, and there, Dell, we suddenly realized at the premiere that there was an opportunity that you could let down the fans who've loved these characters for so long and and it's been really rewarding to see that people have said that it's even better and more than they expected it's lovely to revisit the old characters so it's really exciting it's a it's one of the big early cult gay classic films and it's really exciting to be sharing a new chapter of I such an important it. franchise and Yay. it was very successful <laughs> in Palm Springs premiere wasn't yes, it yes we did we were that? the number one specialty box office at our premiere in Palm Springs we were only on one screen and we made $40,000 that weekend giving us the highest per screen average in the country which is sort <laughs> Of hilarious on only one screen, <laughs> and uh, and also amazing, and, and you know, and it's really hard. It's still really hard for an indie film because independent films that are done by a major studio through their independent film arm—that's right. what you see at like Landmark right. and Regency. Right. Like we're talking truly, truly independently owned movie theaters that we're screening at, and it's only because of our fan base that we're able to. You know, it's hard to get media coverage. It's hard to get interest. You know, in in. And in telling the story, I suddenly realized that there's even a young LGBTQ community who doesn't even know the original exists, sure. which has been really funny in getting to share this new chapter. But I'm really proud that what we also managed to do is make a film that you don't need to see the original. I was just going to ask. People have been saying that it's so, the introduction is really well, and Dell worked really hard. It's a crazy Texas family, but you get to know all of them. And so if you love the original, there's Easter eggs and things that will be just special for you. But if you don't, you, you will have a grand old time laughing and maybe a single tear. Oh. Yeah, in fact, Somewhere I'm looking forward to people seeing the movie and and then, like, watching the the original film as, like, a prequel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of, you know, like, seeing it that way would totally be and hilarious. what was uh, the... the- Logo shows was it was it right after the movie? In sort terms of, of the series that we did for Logo in two thousand eight actually preceded the original film. Oh, it was okay. a prequel. Okay. Essentially, the season finale of that one season on Logo happened right before. Like the next thing that would have happened is the first the shot of the movie. Got it. That's where amazing. It I yeah. love it. Well, I can't wait. When when do you know when we'll be able to see it? Is it going to be slow rollout? Or? Yes, we are. We are doing our dog and pony show with it. We're doing a giant Texas tour starting in April. So we're doing San Antonio, then Waco, then Austin. Then in Dallas, then Tulsa, <laughs> uh, across amazing. a two-week period. The Dallas theater seats 650 people, and we sold it out in four days. Amazing. We sold out the Austin premiere sc- screening in three hours yesterday. So there really is an audience for this, so I'm doing my very best to get it into theater. That's so we're working so on Atlanta, L.A., Nashville, uh, New York, 
Fort Lauderdale will be announcing shortly a bunch San Francisco so more and more cities and you can see all of that at a very sorted wedding.com it's really not often that Waco Texas gets a film before we yeah. genuinely although it's hilarious because we do I'm like hello Central Texas homos yeah. how do I find you and, and, to let you know this is happening and they are they're popping I, I'm shocked I'm obsessed that the tours of the south for this gay film oh, yes. I love it well they've been SB6 that they've been fighting there like I'm thrilled yeah. that this is our contribution we always talk about what can we do you know at least through our art we can, we can say something and maybe you laugh along the way like I'm really proud of the of our contribution to this conversation well, I love it and so, one more time say where we, you can go the website we update daily on our Facebook page A Very Sorted Wedding and A Very Sorted Wedding.com is always updated too because in our one man band I update the website personally <laughs> I do all of it it's all <laughs> oh, me yeah, I love and it. tell love it and okay before we go and are you, is People's Couch coming back soon or we don't know what's happening with that? we don't know you know they don't tell us anything I they're just like, like it's time it's not likely at this point yeah. we would have been if we were going to do this we, spring we would already we be going so yeah, that, that might have been it our four seasons 57 episodes I have to episodes. watch TV by myself now <laughs> yeah. with my dear friend. don't worry you can always find us on social media and we'll tell you what yeah. you yeah. think no, no, about no, no, we will no, everything tell you what uh, and speaking of where can we find you on social yes. on Twitter at actually Emerson and everywhere else <laughs> Emerson Collins <laughs> there's always that one that yes uh, and where can we find you and you can find me everywhere at Blake McIver Oh, uh, hi, I'm Yell Teagle. Sorry, I'm Yell Teagle. You can find me everywhere at Yell Teagle. That's Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. Here at After Buzz on the SVU After Show coming up in like an hour. Um, yell all night long. Oh, yeah. I can't speak. You it's only my job. It's okay. I'm going <laughs> to yell all night long. Anyways, sorry that I... <laughs> and I'm Adam Salandra. You can find me on social media at Adam Salandra. Please do and please join us every Thursday for more Gay Weekly Roundtable. Have a good week, my babies. Goodbye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 